Are you ready to dig into your unconscious mind and pull out all the limiting beliefs that have held you back from being the greatest person you can be? Buckle on up. This is your lucky day as we have a world-class unconscious beliefs expert who will explain why you are just one belief away from tremendous fulfillment. Welcome to the Motivation Show podcast, where we interview remarkable world-class experts that help bring out the greatness within you. Top book authors, super successful business people, and outstanding special guests that will motivate and inspire you with their incredible, uplifting stories and life-changing tips and strategies. Our goal is your success. If you desire more out of life, you've dialed into the right show. So fasten your seatbelts, friends, and let's get ready for some high-octane motivation. Now, your host, the mayor of motivation, Eli Marcus. Our guest today is a leadership, sales strategist, and mindset specialist. Leading organizations have relied on him for solutions that drive productivity, sustainable profits, and extraordinary cultures. He can help you master your mindset and dominate your industry. He can help you unlock the unconscious habits that are holding you back from prosperity, health, and living your dream life. He is the co-author with Joe Vitale, who was featured in the movie The Secret, of the book, One Belief Away, How to Upgrade Your Unconscious Mind for Prosperity and Peace. Welcome to The Motivation Show, Tim Scher. Thank you, Eli. It is an honor to be with you today. Well, I'm excited because I don't think most people are thinking too much about what's in their unconscious mind. Most people think that if they just get positive or go to a Tony Robbins event, all of their life's going to be solved. And I have a feeling you're going to teach us otherwise, right, Tim? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> you know, I, I love Tony Robbins, a huge fan of his, and the work that he does is amazing. Yet for most people, when they go to a Tony Robbins event or any kind of seminar like that, they love the energy, they're having insights, they're having conscious breakthroughs, they're understanding themselves at a deeper level, which is all relevant and important and needed. But what happens about five days after the Tony Robbins event is over, they tend to snap right back into the same old bad habits and routines that they had before the event. And that's because they never really address the unconscious beliefs that are running in the computer of their mind. And how do we get to those unconscious beliefs? How do we know they're, what's even there underneath that stuff that's going on in our head? So I'm going to give you a five-question strategy that you can use. I've been using hypnosis and hypnotism for the last 30 years to get right to the source. You know, a lot of times when people are trying to change a behavior, they... It's like taking a pair of scissors and going into the backyard and trying to chop off the, the top of the weeds, right? I'm going to cut off the top of the dandelions and, and that's what's going to solve my problem. But that doesn't get the, re the weed out. You got to get it at the root and pull it out at the root so it doesn't grow back. And hypnosis allows me to be able to help people go to the root of where, the, what the experience was that caused them to form a belief in their mind. That And it almost always happens when you're a kid, 
that would affect you as an adult 20, 30, 40 years later. It'll affect whatever happened to you as a kid is going to affect you in your marriage, with your money, with your business, with your career, how you take care of your health. And so it allowed me to be able to go right back to that defining moment and upgrade the belief that was formed in a way that would be empowering. You know, so you go from I can't to I can. I'm not good enough to I am enough. I'm not worthy of being loved or being successful to I'm more than worthy. And when you upgrade that simple idea in your mind, it's extraordinary what happens. Now, most of us have at some point done these mantras and say, you know, I'm wonderful. I'm great. You know, you like myself, I've been to Tony Robbins seminars and you start repeating the mantras. And then you, again, you, you go right back into the old habits. And a lot of people, I think, do not understand what, you know, uh, hypnosis really is about. They think you're in some sort of trance and somebody can completely control you. Tell us a little bit about that and dispel some of that myth. Well, that's because of the movies that we've watched. All the Dracula movies, the last movie that I saw was Get Out, where a white person was hypnotizing black people and putting them into trances and pretty much just making them slaves again, which was a horrible message about hypnosis because that's completely false. And uh, but it gets reinforced, you know, because it seems that way. And then when you were doing when you're uh, watching shows in Las Vegas where people are being hypnotized that cluck like chickens and run around on stages. It makes us think that that's exactly what it is, but it's not. Hypnosis isn't powerful. Your mind is what's powerful. You are the power. So hypnosis is a way of getting relaxed and then getting yourself to be open to new ideas, what we call suggestions, right? New ideas. And if you're in an open state of mind and you think that these new ideas are going to create pleasure for you or get you out of pain, then you will do them. And so uh, if you see someone on stage in Vegas, you know, and, and remember first the, the hypnotist asked for volunteers. So people know what they're going to do, right? They already have the expectation. Then the goofier they act, the more applause they get from the audience, the more laughter and applause, and they have permission to be the star. So they get all this positive reinforcement to go up there and act silly. And the sillier they act, the more uh, applause they get. And the other part of it that's really actually empowering is that you realize that you can be the star in your life and we hold back because our fear of judgment. And when you get rid of that fear of, you know, are they going to laugh at me or how are they going to judge me? When you don't care, you're able to go and be silly on stage. But what if you were able to take that home with you and you were able to go after your dreams and, and live in a way that makes you feel excited and alive every day without that? worry of others judging you or you judging yourself. I mean, there's real power in this if you know how to play the game correctly. Now, you know, you say in your book, uh, self-belief is the only element that separates those who win from those who don't. That's a very powerful statement. And, you know, we all are looking for self-belief. I don't really believe that the average person has a deep self-belief in themselves. I think they tend to look in the mirror and gravitate towards the one pimple or the one thing that's not right, not realizing that 99% of the rest of the surface is perfect. So how do you, again, let's get back to how do we not focus on that one little flaw? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was doing an exercise uh, with a group, one of my uh, master classes online. And I said, what I would like for you to do is Google like 50 emotions and then 
each day, instead of saying what's going to happen today, decide this is what I'm going to bring to today, right? Be the cause of your life, not the effect of it. And so if you were to show up and say, today, I'm going to be enthusiastic. All day, I'm going to be enthusiastic. I'm going to watch enthusiastic movies or listen to enthusiastic podcasts or like yours, the motivation show, right? Or, you know, talk to motivating people. You know, I'm going to bring enthusiasm to everything I do today. You're going to have an enthusiastic day. And I said, if you put, take the next seven days, because most of us have this five same emotions that we just cycle through our whole life, right? The same five emotions, whether we get bored and then we get creative and then we get motivated and take action. And then depending on what happens, which is mostly based on our beliefs, then we either feel excited or we feel, you know, let down. And then we have the crash where now we feel kind of bummed out or depressed. And then we stay in that depression or bummed out state until we get so bored with it that we decide to get enthusiastic again. And then we just keep going through those same, that same circle of emotions all the time, especially entrepreneurs. I mean, one day you can feel like you're going to conquer the world. And the next day you feel like you don't want to get out of your bed because nothing's ever going to work out no matter how many hours I put in. And so when uh, I said, pick an emotion, you know, every day for this next seven days, something that you're not used to having. People talk about gratitude or happiness, but, you know, when we talk about jubilation, right, or creative or playful, today I'm going to be serene, all right, so all day long I'm going to be serene, maybe I'm going to walk or meditate or, you know, I'm going to pray or whatever we're doing, so we have these feelings, so I go and I look up 50 emotions, and out of the 50 emotions that I googled, I would say 80% of them described what we would call negative feelings. 80% described mm, wow. feelings that we would not want to, you know, we would not willingly ask for. And I'm like, well, I mean, there's one of the reasons why more people are unhappy than happy right there. In your book, you talk about your, yourself growing up and your struggle and how you try to avoid getting on stage because when the teacher called on you, you started, hands started sweating and your pulse started racing and you felt that the best way to handle that was simply avoidance. But then you did get to a point where you now you speak in front of tens of thousands of people, you're an accomplished keynote speaker. How did you bridge that gap? Well, I'll tell you what the defining moment when my belief got upgraded. Okay, so uh, I had to give a final speech. And it was for a speech class. And I think it was my junior or senior year, I don't recall which I had to get up in, in front of the whole class. And my heart was pounding and I was freaking out because I was scared to death because I'm not a public speaker. I can't speak in front of groups. You know, I'm too, I get too nervous. I get too freaked out. That's the story I told myself because I would go up there and I would have the fight or flight response kick in. And then I was like, see, this is proof that this is how it is. But it was really the, the belief that was driving the fight or flight response. It wasn't the experience. So I decided I don't know how, I think God just blessed me, you know, that um, I would do a talk on how people freak out when they're giving a test. And I figured I would just go up there and freak out and everybody would think it was part of the shtick and, and then it would be fine. Clever. So that's exactly what I did. I went up there and I, my hands were shaking and people started laughing because they thought I was doing it on purpose. And then my throat would get dry and then, <clears throat> and then people were laughing again. And I talk about how my knees were shaking or my eyelid would twitch. And everybody was like laughing so hard, which of course I loved. 
because I never felt good about myself. And I thought if I could make people laugh, then maybe they would like me. And then secretly, if they liked me, maybe I could like me. Right. And so, cause I just wanted people to like me and people were laughing so hard after that. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then a teacher, an authority figure in the back of the room, when I'm in this heightened state, this emotional state, she said, that was the best speech I ever heard. I wish we would have recorded it, Wow. which I wish she would have too. But when I heard that, it went in deep into the operating system of my mind and something shifted. Now, it didn't mean that instantly I was calm and confident speaking. I had to keep doing it and doing it and get nervous and get scared and forget things and, you know, and mess up and then keep going. And to this day, if I go on stage, you know, I get a little bit of the butterflies, but it's excitement now. It's not scared. It's excitement. It's enthusiasm. I've relabeled it. And so having that defining moment where I upgraded my belief and then uh, practicing and staying with it until I got good at it, you know, is what allows me to be able to get up there today and rock the house. So many years ago, Dr. Susan Jeffers wrote a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yeah. And uh, when you go up on stage, you feel the fear and you're yeah. going to do it no matter what. Yeah. But what happens if still in the back of your head, you just keep repeating this thing in your head, this belief that, you know, what if I fail? What if they laugh at me? What, you know, how do you get that out of your head or do you? Yeah, you do. You change the belief. So I believe that we have, so think about your smartphone, right? The smartphone, it has an operating system in here and then it has programs that kind of run with the operating system. We call them apps, right? And your phone is always sending you updates. Like I got a new um, MacBook Pro and they wanted me to upgrade to Big Sur, right? Which is a whole operating system upgrade. Why do you do that? One, it makes the apps run more efficiently. So it optimizes the performance. Two, it um, protects you from any current attacks or malware that you might have. And it tries to protect you from future attacks as well. So that's why we keep updating. We want to be more optimized and we want to protect ourselves. Well, your brain works the same way. Our brain has an operating system and we have these apps that we call beliefs, these programs, these habits that are running in our mind. Some of these apps are very empowering and some are a giant waste of time. And so a lot of times, you know, we will try to update certain beliefs. And uh, what I found is that if you update the whole operating system, that kind of upgrades everything at once instead of one thing at a time. I'll give you a quick example. So a woman came into me one time, being a hypnotist for all these years, I've had thousands of people that came to me to stop smoking and lose weight, right? And so I had someone come in for weight loss one time and she said, I can't stop eating Cheetos. No matter what I do, I can't stop eating Cheetos. If I could stop eating Cheetos, I could lose my 50 pounds. So bam, I hypnotized her. She could not even look at a Cheeto after our session, okay? She comes back the next week. Well, that really worked with the Cheetos. But now I'm craving chocolate. Oh, I never really craved chocolate before. And so, you know, then and back then I'm like, okay, well, I guess we got to get rid of the chocolate. And then the next week it was something else. And we would chase symptom to symptom to symptom. When I realized eventually that it has nothing to do with the Cheetos or the chocolate or the salt or the carbs. It had to do with her operating system running a belief, malware, a mind virus that I'm not worthy of taking care of myself. So no matter what I try, 
somehow I'm going to sabotage it because that's in alignment with what my operating system believes that I'm not worthy. And we go through our life with these operating systems that have not been updated. You've met people, Eli, who you know that they're walking around with the same MS-DOS program that they were born with. It's like they're 30 years older, but they don't act like it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, uh, what amazes me is there's somebody who lives near me and he's 92 years old and he's still smoking. And mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, give yourself a chance to get to 100. You know, why are you hastening your demise? Uh, yeah. But how do you change a behavior like that when you've been doing it for so long and you're at that age. I mean, do you bother? <laughs> well, it's up to you. I mean, yeah. I've had people that were seventies that wanted to stop smoking. And, you know, I helped someone that was uh, 91 years old to lose weight. She wanted to lose weight. She's 91 and, and she, she did. She lost 12 pounds, which was amazing. Right. And so she said, I haven't been able to lose weight since I was 65 years old. And so the guy who's smoking at 92 doesn't want to stop. He's like, I've been smoking. I'm 92. Why quit? You know, a lot of times if the belief is that I enjoy it, it gives me pleasure. It's what I like to do. It gives me a sense of control. I'm bored. I've got nothing else to do. George Burns smoked cigars till he was hundred. We've heard then, that before. Yeah. Then you're not going to change it and they don't have to. It's yep. okay. You and I focus on the people who want to change, right? Good we're, point. we're focused on that. And, uh, cause you can't save everybody and, and we're not supposed to save people. You know, I think that God's given us tools so that we can provide resources so that people can save themselves. Right. And, it's a choice. Uh, yep. Yeah. From the, you know, the misery or the frustration. And so for those people, then there's a lot of amazing cutting edge resources. Now you had asked me earlier, you know, how do you upgrade a belief? How do you get rid of that fear that people are going to reject me? People are going to laugh at me. Well, when you do an operating system upgrade, then what happens is you're not making it about you anymore. It's not about you and your performance anymore. It's about the audience. It's about what they need. It's about the message that's going to serve them. And so you get on stage and instead of thinking, how are they going to like me? Are they going to want to, you know, are they going to be mad at me? Are they going to throw rotten fruit at me? You're not thinking about you at all. You're thinking about how can I serve that one person in the audience, just that one person. And then you start to go through the audience and you find someone who's smiling at you. You find someone who's nodding their head. You find someone and you talk to them. You might find a few people. So now if I have a thousand people in the audience, I'm still talking to 12 of them because I'm finding people in the audience and I'm talking right to them or I'm right to them. And afterwards, everybody says, I feel like you were talking right to me. And I'm like, I was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you get to the people that reinforce, you know, the positivity and, uh, and talk right to them. I love that. So, you but know, you not, talk but not for you, though, hmm? not not because you're doing it for you, right for them you're doing it because you're getting it into them. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. So many speakers, really, it's about them. You know, it was definitely about me when I first started. I mean, yeah. a motivational speaker and a hypnotist, you don't think I had a big arrow that said, look at me, I want to be special. Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I presented, uh, as you know, thousands of speakers in my day. And yeah. uh, so many of them, it was about them. You can see it was about their ego. Uh, yes. And they lost the sense that why are you really there? You're there for the people who paid to see you. And that's who you should make it about. So I love that. Um, you talk in your book, you know, how emotions 
regularly overrule logic and common sense. So again, you know, it's common sense for a 92 year old not to smoke, but you're absolutely right. You know, you can't force somebody to change and unless they're willing, we can't invest the energy in someone to try to uh, force them to change. If they want to change, then we can be the conduit for them. We yeah. could make that happen. Someone like you can help with hypnosis and all the other things that you're uh, really great at doing. You also talk in your book uh, about a fascinating subject, which so many of us suffer from, you know, and that is this feeling of being stuck in closed places, you know, this claustrophobia, you know, yeah. getting in an elevator or getting in an MRI or getting on an airplane. You talk about this one lady who had this crippling fear for almost her entire life. She couldn't get in an elevator. You went in the elevator with her. She got back down. Her family was ecstatic that she was able to handle it. And she was so full of joy. Tell me how that transformed so quickly. Yeah, Wendy, that was a very special moment. And I've had a lot of those moments with people because I put myself on the line to see, do these tools really work? Because I was very skeptical. I went to school for psychology and I was skeptical of hypnosis or neuro-linguistic programming or EMDR or any of the peak performance sciences or arts that were out there that were supposed to help people change. And I was like, eh, let me find out for myself, right? Whether it was Reiki or Qigong or Tai Chi, I mean, whatever it was, let me find out for myself because I don't know if I buy this, right? And so I would put it to the test because I would watch people on Donahue or I would watch people on the talk shows that would say, oh, you're scared of dolls. And then after the break, this woman comes back and she's holding an armful of dolls. And it's like, how did that happen? Or I'd watch Tony Robbins with his transformations. I'm like, what's he doing? So I made it my goal to figure it out. And I did. And there's two things that happen. The first thing is you got to shift the belief, right? You've got to find the belief. So when people are afraid, like Wendy was afraid of, of going into elevators because when she was a little girl, her two ornery little brothers rolled her up in a carpet and she could not move. And then they got afraid they were going to get in trouble. So they ran out of the room and left her there. And she was in that carpet for like a half hour, an hour. I can't remember how long, but too long, Dramatic, right? Yeah. And it can completely traumatized her. Right. And so she has that belief that if I even think I'm going to be in a situation like that, I'm going to freak out so much that it's going to get me out of that situation. That's what panic attacks are. Right. And so, I mean, oh my gosh, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people get rid of panic attacks and all that anxiety and, and phobias because it's that one belief. You got to break that belief and then give them a set of resources so they know how to activate the relaxation response. You've got the fight or flight response, which is like a fire alarm that gets pulled, but your brain also has the relaxation response that turns the fire alarm off when there's no fire. So many people that fire alarms getting triggered and there's no fire. That's such a, <laughs> a, a salient point because we're in such fear of the heart racing and being out of control and maybe even fainting or whatever consequence we think may happen. But if we have that so-called fire extinguisher, that can put that out and we're confident in that, then we can go into that MRI knowing, well, I have a mechanism that can stop that. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, Eli, that's outstanding. Well, oh, you just blew my mind, the fire extinguisher. That's so much better. I love that. Thank you. That is so good. Oh, that's exactly right. So it's not just turning the alarm off, it's extinguishing, extinguishing the fire. Oh, beautiful metaphor. See? Just talking, two minds talking back and forth, coming up with a new way of describing something shifts how you feel inside. If you had a fire extinguisher that would allow you to put out your biggest 
worries, fears, self-doubt, self-sabotages, imagine what you would be able to accomplish. And it's extraordinary. My friend Joshua, he's a brilliant marketer. I'm going to introduce you to him sometime here soon. But he's just an amazing guy. And we've been doing a lot of work together, rolling out our new operating system upgrading program that we have because it is revolutionary and it's not out there and nobody's really doing this. And so, and this is the first time I'm even talking about it publicly. So I hope that's okay with Joshua, but, <laughs> but I'm bringing it out with you, Eli, on your program because uh -huh. of our relationship. Yes. And so um, we would talk about how, you know, a lot of times we think that we're being held back um, because of a certain situation, COVID, the pandemic, not having the right sales convenient or marketing technique. Convenient reasons, you know, very yeah. convenient. We always have these reasons, whether we're blaming someone else or blaming ourselves for why we can't have what we want. And the way that we try to solve that problem, we solve the wrong problem. We're, we're trying to, to solve for X by, solve, by figuring out what Y is when Z is the real issue. And nobody's bothering to look at Z, which is why you said in the very beginning, nobody's really paying attention to what's going on in their unconscious mind, which is why so many people, no matter how much personal development work they've done, are still struggling with the same issues and they're like i can't believe that i'm in my 50s and i'm still dealing with this <laughs> right yeah, people in their and 90s are dealing with it it's all right that's right and so but what joshua really said that blew my mind is he says he, that we think we're here when we're actually farther back than we than we think he says but the on the other side of it is when you know you just want to try to get to here when you're achieving the goals but in reality you could go so much farther than than what you're even thinking I mean, you could take it so much farther if you upgraded what you were believing about yourself. And so I can't express how important it is to be able to recognize what those beliefs are and then learn how to develop your fire extinguishers so that in any situation you are actively leaning in and moving forward instead of holding back. And that's what we did with Wendy. And when we shifted that belief and she had her tools and she said, I want to test this, let's go in that elevator. And we went up and she started freaking out. But then I showed her, all right, let's use our fire extinguisher. And she did. And we were going up and we were coming down and she had done it. And that realization changed her life. And the doors opened. We didn't know her family was outside the elevator. And Wendy threw her arms up in the air did, without knowing that her family was there. It was just reflexively, yes. And I, I did the same thing. And then her family saw it and they did it. And, and everybody was crying and laughing and it changed her life. She got on an airplane and went to visit her son across the country. I mean, she was pretty much agoraphobic, just locked in the house. And she got her life back. And it was just because we upgraded a belief and gave a new a set of tools. Tim, I'm going to go out on the limb. And I'm going to say that every single person who's listening to the show, no matter how positive they are, and no matter how much training they've gone through, no matter how many programs they've listened to, whether it's the motivation show or Tony Robbins or, or Tim Shure, they still have some limiting beliefs and some limiting challenges. And you talk about in your book, how clients can make breakthroughs that are lightning fast, they enjoy the process and the results are sustainable. To me, what resonates of those three things right there is breakthroughs that are lightning, because I think so many people think that they need to go through something for a year or two, and they just say to themselves, you know, I just don't have the time to commit to that. So having something that can happen that quickly, speak to that and how can you help them personally? 
Well, that's an outstanding question. You ask a great question, you get a great answer, right? And so I always wanted fast results because talk therapy originally was too slow. People were in therapy for 10 years and not really getting any better. That's why I was drawn to these, these new tools and resources, these alternative medicine that seemed to be producing results faster. When I was going to school for psychology, I was taught that it could take months to break a phobia. Well, I was watching it happen in 20 minutes. So I'm like, what's the deal, right? And uh, I helped a, a local meteorologist, our local weatherman. He was doing the weather and they were going to do a bit about spiders afterwards. And he saw a tarantula on the other anchorman's arm in the middle of doing the weather. Wow. And he got so scared that he ran out on live TV in the middle of his forecast. He ran out of the room because of the spider phobia. Yep. Long story short, I was on a couple months later with him. And in 10 minutes, I got that spider on his arm. Wow. Live on TV. That's amazing. That's fast results. How did we do that? Because we were able to find the belief. You start, I have a five question strategy that you can use right now to start doing this. Okay. So step one is whatever it is that's holding you back procrastination, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, you name it, whatever is holding your back, get back or getting in your way, there's a feeling that comes with it. Get in touch with that feeling. Where do you feel it? You might call it stress. You might call it fear. You might call it frustration or anger, but get in touch with the feeling. Okay. Now to have that feeling, you have to have some belief that goes with it. And so, you know, if you're feeling stressed, the belief is, I'm not able to get, you know, what I want. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it's I'm not able to have enough time to get the stuff done that's going to make the biggest difference for me, right? Whatever it is, it's coming from a fear. We might like not like to call it fear, but it is fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real, okay? So it's that you get in touch with the feeling, and then step two is you ask yourself, what would I have to believe in order to feel this feeling? What would I have to believe in order to feel this feeling. And you might ask yourself that question a few different times. It's like peeling that onion, you know, another layer, another layer. Well, I'm feeling that I'm not going to get this done. Okay, well, then what else would I have to believe? Well, if I don't get it done, then, uh, you know, I'm not going to have any money. Well, then what? Well, then I'm going to lose my house. Well, then what? Well, then I'm going to live on a street. And then what? And then I'm going to be worthless, like everybody said I would. Whoa, wait a second. Wait a second right? Uh, entrepreneurs struggle with this a lot, still after all these years trying to prove our worth. And so the real belief is that I'm feeling stressed because I'm really afraid that, you know, it's not going to work out for me. It's going to prove that I am a fraud, or it's going to prove that I'm not enough, or it's, or people are going to, my family will abandon me. That belief is what's driving all the other pressure. And, you know, the fear of, of not being good enough is what creates the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of uh, embarrassment or humiliation, the fear of failure, the fear of success. All the fears are driven by that deep core insecurity that humans have that I'm not enough. And because I'm not enough, I won't be loved. And that just causes us to develop all kinds of often dysfunctional coping strategies to deal with it. And so if you find that feeling or that belief, then the third question is, what would I rather believe that would allow me to start creating momentum and feel good at the same time? You know, what could I, what would I rather believe? 
So what, if someone was saying, Eli, that I'm afraid that I'm not going to measure up, I'm not going to be enough, people are going to judge me on stage, you know, when you're giving a talk, what would you want to believe instead? You want to believe that you're going to ace it. You want to believe that people are going to give you a, a standing ovation. Say I. Say that I, again, but with I. I. Say this, just say the, what people want to believe, but say it using I statements. I want to believe. I want to believe that people are going to give me a standing ovation because I've helped them to transform their lives. Not my life, but I've helped them to transform their life. So that's really good. Okay. So then what we would do is, is um, shift it just a little bit to when I'm out on that stage, I want people afterwards to stand up and give themselves a rounding ovation a standing ovation. I want people to give themselves a standing ovation. I don't care if I get that or not. That's not relevant to me. I want them to feel like they are the most important. They're the stars. In the room. Yep. Love it. When you make Got that it. shift, that's how you get the standing ovation. Mm. Hey, Brilliant, that's how right? you get it. <laughs> Take the shift off yourself and it comes to you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's how it works. Right. And then of course you can, you know, adapt that instead of, I want to, you now state it as though it's already done. You know, when I go on that stage, I make people feel so worthy, loved, alive, appreciated, and equipped with their fire extinguishers that at the end of it, they want to stand up and give themselves a standing round, you know, a standing ovation. And I'll be the first in line to give that to them as well. Beautifully right? said. Love it. And when you love someone that way, and when you show up with that kind of energy, they're going to be so connected to you and they might not even know why. It's an energetic shift that comes from a belief inside of you. It's powerful. Tim, how can people get more of Tim Sure? Because people need more of you. They need NLP. They need hypnosis. They need to understand how these modalities can change decades of behavior uh, literally overnight. Yeah, I call it the one belief away method, you know, for upgrading your operating system. And uh, that's the title of the book, One Belief Away. And that you had mentioned that I wrote with my pal, uh, Joe Vitale. And uh, I wanted Joe to be a part of that book because, you know, I he's like 15 years older than me and he's a little bit farther down the path. And there was some areas where I was struggling. And instead of faking it or pretending to be the expert, I found one. And I said, I need you to fill in these blanks for me. And so, he, you know, gracefully said yes. And so you can go to www.onebeliefawaybook.com and uh, there's resources in there. The book is on Amazon. You can grab a copy of the book at Amazon. And if you're interested in uh, coaching or uh, learning how to upgrade your operating system, just check out uh, timshire.com for now. Well, Tim, you know, I've read probably over a thousand books in self-help, every single book I can get my hand on. So for a book to make a difference in my life, which yours already has, and to get me rethinking my own thoughts, and that I am just one belief away to certain things, no matter how much I've achieved, you've accomplished a lot. So thank you for that. And uh, you are on a path to greatness. And I'm right there with you. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I love it. I there is enough room for all of us to achieve our dreams and enjoy our lives on the way to wherever it is that we think we need to be at. I always say, Eli, that if you are going after your dreams, I mean, you've already won. If you're intentionally chasing your dreams, you've already won. Because whatever goals you attain, you're just going to want more goals afterwards because you're a creator, right? And it's just such an honor. I love our friendship and I, I really appreciate being on your program. Thanks so much for having me today.
Our guest on the Motivation Show today has been the great Tim Shear, and I'm going to give you one great piece of advice. You got to go out and buy one belief away. Thank you, Tim, for being on the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We love our listeners, and we believe you have greatness within you. If you like The Motivation Show, we appreciate you subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. Check out EliMarcusSuccess.com to hear more inspiring shows and to read our motivational blog. That's EliMarcusSuccess.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.